Hi, this is Mike Metcalf talking about systems thinking. I think systems thinking really developed in contrast to analysis, to Descartes' advice. What good science should do is look at something and pick it apart, to look more and more at the parts that it's made up of, of course ending up down at molecules. Some people were a bit uncomfortable with that, in the sense that you could look at a tree and then sort of pick it apart and say it's got roots and leaves and branches and it's got things inside it and it's got chemical actions going on and it's got these molecules working and this is the chemistry of how it works. And yet you do not really understand the tree as a whole, you'd end up with bits. So one of the classic stories in systems thinking is if you pick apart a bicycle and clean all the parts and put them back together as they were, you most likely improve the functionality of a bicycle. But if you take a frog and you pick it apart and cut it all into little sections, clean them up and put it back together, you get a dead frog. It's not just about the parts. There's some sort of interaction going on between the parts. This is why some people think of systems thinking as being about the relationships between the parts or the elements that's the most important thing that you're looking at. So a frog functions by breathing and by eating and by mating. And so does a tree, in fact. If you think about it, a tree absorbs nutrients out of the ground, moisture, creates a pumping effect where moisture is released through the leaves. And there's a photosynthesis of the leaves that provide sugars into the tree that if you want to understand a tree, you really need to understand it as a process. I suspect in modern language, the process theory is sort of replacing systems thinking. So another way of talking about systems is to say, I'm interested in what this thing does. Uh, what use is it? What is its functions? As opposed to what does it look like? What attributes does it have? It's a, systems is a functional view of things, a doing things. What does it do? What does this part do in relation to that part? It's um, very much like pragmatism in that sense of, um, of wanting to see things as actions rather than as pictures. We need to understand things as a process rather than being a bunch of parts or things or elements. Some people, when they talk about systems, really don't distinguish between a machine and a system. I mean, obviously a machine has parts that interact with each other. And this is why Russell Lakoff used to use the classic example of saying you can't put a Rolls-Royce carburetor into a Mini, it doesn't work. That the parts have to be compatible with the things around them. But it's a mistake to think of a system as like a machine. I think... Originally, the idea of a system was these were loosely coupled parts, that they interact with their environment, but in, a, in an indirect way, um, not in the way that we think of machines. So computer system is, is really a little bit of a misuse of the word system, I, I think, in its original intent, because it's a mechanical thing. You've got to think of systems more in terms of ecologies, biological processes, as opposed to hard mechanical interactions.
So if we think of any system, be it the internal organs of your body, or a tree, or a factory, or, well, almost anything really, the cosmos, we can say that it is made up of various elements. And these elements interact with each other, that there are inputs to this, again, you know, the tree that it absorbs sunlight and moisture, and that the elements process and transform that into something. So there's a transformation going on inside a system, and then there are outputs from the system. So in the case of a tree, you could either say the outputs are wood, or you could say that they're oxygen from carbon dioxide. Um, I think it's up to the person interpreting the thing as to which inputs they're interested in and which outputs, which elements, and what transformation. The thing also has a sort of boundary. The tree is a tree and has a skin, and the tree ends here, and the, the sky begins here, and the, the dirt begins here. So usually we say that a system has a boundary. Now, once you've taken this system or process view of things, rather than the object view of things, you can see that there are millions of systems all interacting and overlapping. And some people use the term, the world is made up as a system of systems. It does lead to the point that you can zoom out of a system. So if you take something like your body as a system, if I zoom out a little bit, I can sort of say, well, you live in a system that's called your family, or you live in a system called your community, or a system called your workplace, where you interact and do things with people, and as a result of that, you get food and water and everything else. Or you could zoom out and say that you're part of a particular industry, or you're part of a nation, or you're part of an ideological movement, or religion that's a system. So one of the, the good things, I think, about systems thinking is his ability to zoom out and in. Russell Ackoff, who along with C. West Churchman and I think Peter Jekyllund, some of the pioneers in systems thinking, pulling it out of American pragmatism, he used to use the example of uh, the bus strike in London where there was conflict because the driver of a bus wanted to go faster because his pay depended on timing, whereas the ticket collector on the bus wanted to go slower because he was having trouble collecting the ticket. This conflict caused a lot of disruption in London. Akov argues that it was solved by zooming out, and so instead of looking at the bus as a system, you looked at the, the transport system in, the, in London, so you looked at the routes as a system, and this made him think in terms of trains, they, the tickets are, are handed out before you get on the train. This came up with the solution that, in fact, the ticket should be issued before the customer gets on the bus. So this is an example of using systems thinking to zoom out in a, in a practical example. When talking about systems thinking, there's been quite a few diagrammatic problem-solving methods developed under the rubric of systems thinking, particularly by the Open University in England on their websites. And I think a classic of this is multiple cause diagramming, where you, you say that here's an event and you ask what caused it and what was the consequence of it happening. And it's possible to draw a recursive diagram of, of events. And it provides an unusual way of looking at a system as a reverb of activities. 
Another of the picturing methods, particularly associated with Peter Checkland, is called rich picturing, where you try and use pictures again to represent a problem in, in, in order to help you think about them. So I think some of the picturing methods are associated with systems thinking. I just want to distinguish between systems thinking, that is, looking at a problem domain and saying, I need to think of it as a system, as a process. That's slightly different from systems for thinking, which I'll pick up under the sense-making episode, just to make that distinction here. Systems thinking, as is consequences and argument, is a system for thinking. But again, I think this it's slightly confusing, but I just wanted to sort of separate that out. Okay, so my argument is that you can think of things as a system, as interacting parts, and that's quite a useful way of thinking. So for your organisation, project, problem, or whatever it is, can you describe it as a system, as a process? What are the inputs, the outputs, the boundary? What is it like? What does it do? What could be done with it? You might want to try and identify the very important and critical parts in what's transformed or what the elements are or what the inputs are. The core competences or the key capabilities of the system rather than just end up with a long list. What are the important ones? Thank you.